0: Hey everybody, welcome to the very first episode of our podcast. Uh, as a quick side note, I wanted to mention a few things that maybe we forgot to say or that are going to change as we go forward. Uh, so first of all, I didn't really say what this podcast is, which I probably should have when I was introing it, but we are going to be a media-focused uh, podcast channel. So basically we're going to be talking about any sort of movies, TV shows, music, uh, anything that's come out that we've either... Scene and want to review, or news that we want to cover, like a new trailer for a movie comes out, or something like that. Also, we're going to be having a guest host each week, so it'll be Chris and I every single time, and then a new host uh, or a new guest host will come in. So this week it was Joey, uh, next week it'll be somebody else, and they'll always have kind of a, a new topic at the end to throw in that we haven't heard before uh, we started recording just to keep things kind of interesting for everybody. Also, you are going to hear us call this podcast Project Split Screen. Uh, which we which was the original title of this podcast, but then we decided to change it because we liked split-screen media better. So for the first, it's either two or three episodes, you're going to hear us uh, call it that. But we have since changed it, and any podcast going forward, we will be calling it Split-Screen Media. Also, we are very excited to hear feedback from you guys. We want to make sure that we're giving you the best quality podcast experience as possible. The only problem with that is that any the first three episodes that we've already recorded are finished and done and we won't be able to make any changes. So if there's any weird audio issues or you guys want us to do a different segment or you have any suggestions, those really won't start kicking in until episodes four, five, six um, and anything after that. But please leave us feedback. We want to hear it. If you like it, tell us that you like it. If you hate it, especially if you hate it, tell us that you hate it. Again, I just want to thank everybody who's listening right now. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, I'm really sorry. My face was so close to the camera for this podcast episode. Please enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Project Split Screen. I'm your host, Connor DeRose. If this is the first time you're hearing my voice in a podcast, welcome. If you're one of the three people who listen to Media Leftovers, uh, welcome back. (laughs) This is going to be sort of a spiritual successor to that in a sense uh colin couldn't be here with us he was attacked by a bear which then rolled into a gas tank and exploded so you know shame tough luck but
1: (laughs) he's still alive though he survived it
0: (laughs) he survived yeah he just didn't want to be on the podcast so
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's totally unrelated
0: (laughs) hopefully he will be coming back in some capacity maybe here and there but uh we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about the future so with me is my co-host chris blankenship hi everybody And below me, I did the same thing last time, and I don't know if it's below me (laughs) for you guys, is Joey Baden. What up? All right. So tonight, what's going on is that we have this huge debate between our two potential future presidents, which will decide what's going to happen for the country for decades to come. So naturally, we're going to talk about Star Wars uh the mandalorian trailer just came out
2: <laughs> we're all really excited about it uh, it's really more important i mean come on now Jeth- uh, jedi and sith is more important than republican and democrat let's not lie to ourselves Dude, you can technically you could put those in the same category uh, <laughs> sith versus sith at this point but
0: yeah uh oh no <laughs> star wars star wars um so mandalorian comes out in october i want to say it's like late October kind of around Halloween um season two uh season one was pretty critically acclaimed from both critics and audience members uh so I guess I just want to ask you guys what do you think is going to happen what do you think what do you want to happen I guess and uh do you think it's going to be as good or comparable to season one
1: I just looked it up it comes out October 30th
2: October 30th okay right before Halloween yeah Chris do you want to start us off
1: (laughs) um I don't really have any expectations for it um but i really enjoyed season one and i hope it kind of follows the same vein with it
2: that's fair Uh, i i really enjoyed season one as well Uh, and actually i think i have a little bit higher hopes for uh season two um if uh, half of the uh casting rumors are true about uh boba fett coming in at some point uh if ahsoka tano comes in from the clone wars uh, television series and uh however many other people that they said they're possibly going to be making cameos and kind of helping build that extended universe out more. Um, I'm really excited to see how they bring that in, in any capacity, really. Uh, So I have some pretty high hopes for it. Uh, Disney did a pretty good job of making the final um, season of Clone Wars and they were following up on something that was already made. So the fact that they're following up on, their own stuff with the mandalorian i have some high hopes for it uh and considering that it's not at all related to the sequels i have especially high hopes for it
0: yeah um i I think that's kind of where i'm at too i i I hope it's as good as the first season um which wasn't perfect but it was kind of exactly what it needed to be Mm. after the sequel trilogy it's just a very (laughs) it's just a simple story which they (laughs) seem to have sort of gone away from in the most recent uh iteration of the star wars movies but like i like that it's just some lone bounty hunter and he's trying to help out some kid and it's just kind of their singular adventures around the universe i think that's a great setup for a, a kind of smaller scale star wars story
2: yeah i like uh, that it, uh the setting is kind of like a it's a a western button space like a, like a space western the music is fantastic i can't recall who does the music for it. i think it's still john williams but it could very well not be
0: it was uh, uh, it was ludwig gornson he did the um black panther soundtrack
2: Gotcha. Well, the, the music funny. is yeah yeah i was like that he did great in that soundtrack too but the music is fantastic and fits the universe so well with the the noise the intro music and everything uh, i think it really helps set it up as a western it plays out episodically where like they're connected like it's the same story but each week has a different setting and different people for free to learn and meet and then never see again maybe or become a re-character re-char- out of nowhere, uh, so I'm really excited for them to build on that. I never really watch westerns because I'm not 80 years old, um, but uh, <laughs> my dad was a big fan of the Clint Eastwood movies, and I at least saw some of, like, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and things like that, and just kind of comparing my young 25-year-old brain from seeing the snippets of that to Mandalorian kind of made me happy and uh, maybe be able to kind of have an appreciation for a western
0: yeah it's very much in that vein um chris you how do you feel about this new show compared to the movies like do you think it's going in the right direction do you think do you kind of wish for something maybe a little bit bigger in scale like what what are you hoping for
1: no i think it's i think it works as a tv show on a smaller scale because it's easier to flesh out i think the story a little bit more when you do it like episodically yeah i um, totally agree but i yeah i I was. I have more enjoyment watching The Mandalorian than the past couple of Star Wars movies I've seen.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, it's really not, like,
1: I really like the story, too. and. I don't know.
0: It's not perfect, um, and I, I think there's a lot of improvements that they could make in Season 2. There's a lot of just pausing and waiting for something to happen, especially, like, a, I, I want to say it was, like, Episode 5 and Episode 6 which are essentially the same exact episode which yeah the is that,
2: betrayal episodes where it's mm-hmm. you trust somebody gets betrayed and then has to get out of the situation but they just did it twice in a row and hope yep. no one would notice <laughs> yeah it's exactly. like it, if we're connecting it to football it's like the uh the titans running the same running play over and over again uh, and then hoping no one would notice it's like i hope this works because it worked last time
0: no <laughs> yeah. and it, it totally did but yeah. i think just personally i wanted to see a little bit more variety i it was getting a little older, and it's like, oh, we're out of money, and we get to this. We got to go to this new place. and We got to trust these people, and then, yeah, exactly like you said, they betray me, and then now we're back exactly where we started
2: at the yeah, beginning. and Nothing it. changed in the in the grand scheme of things. Like, no, that happened twice. It, it's tough when you have an overarching story, and you have like you should have filler episodes. I firmly believe that there should be episodes like that that tell a completely separate story within itself. um But there should be like one or two of those a season, not. I think they had th- probably three or four that didn't really further the plot of uh, finding out who Baby Yoda really is and stuff like that. It was just kind of showing the Mandalorian be badass. And I will never complain about seeing a Mandalorian be badass because he does a pretty good job of it. Uh, there was the one that had, uh, what was the comedian that was in it that uh, played a bounty hunter?
0: Oh, that was, uh, that was Bill Burr. That was one of the, like, yeah. the Nothing Happens episodes.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, they really showed Mandalorian being awesome. And, like, it's, like action-wise, I was so happy to see that. And I was, like, really excited. And it was an enjoyable watch showing him be truly terrifying when the lights come out. And he's, like, chasing down the other bounty hunters that are trying to chase him down. Uh, and, it, like, in that aspect of it, it was great. It was a great, fun watch. But in the scheme of the season nothing happened right and i think there was no funny. consequence to anything that happened uh for the rest of the series so far uh, maybe there's gonna be more consequences that come of it later but for a truly it was a truly self-contained story that if you watch just that episode and never the rest of the season it'd be okay but watching it as a full season it doesn't quite connect with the rest
0: but i think to your point like i don't care if they bring that back because i it was so poorly executed with the characters like bill burrs was fine i think he was actually kind of interesting and surprisingly the best part of that episode which i never <laughs> expected but like there was a, the other characters kind of had the suicide squad problem where it was like this is girl and she's sassy this is yeah. big guy he's big guy like it didn't this
2: is katana you should be afraid of her sword <laughs> right. traps the souls of her victims
0: it was just it was the most like cliched, bland cast of characters that you could have possibly put in there and I, I was like, can we have a little bit more effort on here? Like, if you're gonna give me a filler episode, which I already don't think you should have in a series that's it eight wasn't long.
2: Yeah, like in Clone Wars, you have to have it because each of those seasons are like 20 episodes long, but this one was like 10 or 12. <laughs> no, when you make something
0: concise like that, which I always prefer because it gets right into like the meat and potatoes of it, but like don't don't waste my time. Don't waste my time, and don't waste my time with shit that sucks.
2: <laughs> uh, I will say though, I really hope that we can get a spinoff of Bill Burr, uh, just the Bostonian. Uh, I think oh. that'd be great.
0: He's, yeah, I was waiting for like the one Star Wars character with a deep Boston yeah, accent, the
2: Bostolorian. I was
0: wondering if he was gonna change his accent for that at all, like if he was gonna try and do something a little bit. But no, no, he was just not,
2: not Bill Burr. He did. De- he doesn't have another accent. That- you just get Bill Burr.
0: Yeah. Which again turned out surprisingly well <laughs> yeah like he did great he,
2: he did great at being him it's just the his supporting cast wasn't the best but the it was cool seeing the uh, the Twi'leks, the the for people who aren't big nerds like me the Twi'leks are the people that have the giant uh, tails on the top of their head uh, the dance in the original movies and uh, the and java's palace all right Uh, but uh it was cool seeing a male uh twilight throughout the entire movies and the extended universe there had never been a male twilight until the mandalorian uh, during that episode and i thought it was kind of cool i always love star wars building on the universe and just showing different parts of the the big connected universe and throughout the whole time Twilight's had been exclusively aila sakura and like strippers uh so it was really cool kind of being able to see the other half of the species see what like what they looked like not that it matters all that much but like you know they could have maybe changed up or maybe the males had one giant one and the females had two giant ones or something like that so just being able to uh expand on the universe i think is fantastic
0: yeah, and I I hope they uh they kind of continue that into the the future of the show and it's not just references to other stuff in the Star Wars universe. I want to see new new things like cuz you can say what you will about the prequels, but at least those are new worlds and new stories and you don't really get that anymore, especially with the sequel trilogy. It's all just trying to be the same. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm hoping that I'm also hoping that the CGI looks a little better. <laughs> <laughs> There's they they were working it's really interesting because they were working with this new technology where instead of green screen, it's like an LED green screen. Mm-hmm. You can change the background to whatever you want and it's supposed to look photorealistic. And because the technology is so new, it's it's pretty blatant when they use it, even though it is like a hundred percent the future of where films are gonna go. Um it was a little preliminary and I was hoping it would look better and that new trailer proved me very wrong. <laughs> it looks about the same level of bad which is disappointing because <laughs> i i like the old star wars stuff where even if it looks silly or goofy like i, I miss practical sets <laughs>
2: uh,
0: and they're really not that much more expensive sometimes they're cheaper to build so yeah. i I know that disney doesn't really care about that and most most people don't care about that so i'm sort of yelling into the wind but <laughs> it is something that would make me a little bit happier with the series if they tried to make the cgi look a little bit better
2: yeah kind of connecting it back to the trailer as well uh i i I want to mention as well towards the end of the trailer how they're talking about the mandalorians called the jedi the the wizards i think i've only seen like twice but sorcerers i I think or sorcerers or wizards they're talking about oh he's one of those sorcerers like that and uh I, i always think it's interesting that uh disney came in they said uh, the old books aren't canon anymore. And then they went and made Star Wars Rebels and made the whole Thrawn trilogy their own version of canon. And then they're like, all right, this isn't canon anymore except for the parts that we want to make it. And now they're kind of connecting back to the, uh, the old Republic uh, where Mandalorians and the Jedi fought. Um, there, there's a big war that happens between them before the Jedi kind of become part of the Republic and become the world police as they are when we see them in the movies uh they the jedi and the mandalorians fight and that's of course never really brought up at all mandalorians really don't exist except for boba and jango fett in the uh in the series and like, who cool aren't movies. mandalorians yeah they already even mandalorians yeah. they just have their, they just jacked some armor and then they got just stole their
0: shit and they've been like using it this entire
2: time but no yeah. they are not mandalorians exactly they just have the mandalorian armor uh, so it's really cool to see them kind of bringing back the old Republic. And I'm excited. Uh, I played the Knights of the Old Republic, the old video game, so I got a little bit of a hint into the the Mandalorian and the Jedi fights. But it'll be kind of cool seeing it on the, not the big screen, I guess, but in the this would be the small screen. A screen, the silver screen, I think, it's with TVs. Yeah,
0: silver screen. I think it's TV. It's it's funny because like I always think it's interesting when they when they're talking in, uh, in Star Wars trailers, and especially this one, they're like, oh legends of the jedi and all this and the myth of the jedi i'm like weren't the jedi prevalent like 20 years ago like Mm when i when i look when i think about bill clinton it's not like the myth of bill clinton like he was president 20 years ago (laughs) right (laughs) we all know it it's not like like some weird tale that has to be told i don't know i just i always thought that was strange the timeline i think has been too close together at this point like they're they're bridging all the gaps between everything. So eventually you're not going to be able to say, oh, well, the time that this happened long ago, I'm like, no, that was like five years ago. Yeah, right. But I guess I guess we'll have to see. Um, Chris, how, how familiar are you with like the movies in general? I actually don't even know.
1: Uh, I haven't seen the past couple of years, I think. I don't even know yeah the newest one i definitely haven't seen i didn't see solo um
2: that's fine
1: What <laughs> was before that the setting
2: um, of solo to me is amazing but I, the story is unnecessary in, in any way shape or form uh, yeah i love it. the i love learning more about the underbelly all the the criminal organizations and stuff like that and that aspect is amazing uh but the story is it's, it's i think not great <laughs>
1: I think maybe Rogue One was the last one I saw.
2: You saw that with us, I'm pretty sure we
0: all yeah. saw that together. What was the one after that? The Force One Awakens? after that was be no Force Awakens? Force Awakens, then Rogue One, then I think it was Last Last Jedi after that. Um, and then the one after that was Solo. And then uh, yeah, I don't think
1: I Rise saw that. Yeah, I think Force not... Force Awakens was the last one I saw.
2: Okay, so you don't I have a we'll lot. Stop, of... honestly. <laughs> that is really I don't good. watch any more movies the if you just like think in your mind what could happen in the trilogy and you know i get really happy because it, it kind of it's just a new hope but it replaced and you're like ah, oh, this is okay it's setting me up for a good trilogy keep that happiness in your mind and never watch the other two no just make stuff up it'll, i promise you it's better you'll know, you, know, you could make anything up and it'll be a better experience than the other two
1: i also haven't watched like uh the animated series or anything like that like i know i Shoe think i'm the only
2: that. one who's watched clone wars and rebels
0: of us yeah, yeah. I, I tried very, to get into 3d clone wars and it's just not really my jam um i get the appeal i get why it's good i just i don't i'm i'm a i'm a 2d clone wars guy so that's kind of <laughs> where i where i planted my flag and that's where i stay but it, it was interesting to me that solo was like at the very i that fucking that bullshit ending <laughs> makes me laugh every time where the i don't know if you, you you said you did or didn't see solo chris
1: i didn't but i'm you can spoil it.
0: Okay, I was about to ask if I could say something. So the very end of it, you find out that Darth Maul is alive. Ooh. And I guess it's funny to me that they did that because he's never going to come back in the movies. The only way you're going to get to see his story is to watch that TV show, which if you're a Star Wars fan, you've probably seen, so it's not a big deal. But I just think it's shitty that you're going to promise something or – like make something happen in the movies and then not deliver on it, or make people go do homework to like actually, you know, get the full story. I just I don't know. It, yeah. it weirded me out.
2: So I've I've already seen Clone Wars and Rebels and Maul. I like they already bring Maul back in uh, Clone Wars. So like for me, I, like it was cool seeing him again on like the big screen again. But like I already knew that he lived through the thing, uh, through the getting sliced in half. So it's at least the- I already knew that part. <laughs>
0: But it's such a stupid twi- – like, I mean, you shouldn't – if if he's not a part of your – you have to treat – even though it's part of a universe, you have to treat every movie like it's its own thing. So he's n- not part of that story at all. He has nothing to do with the story of Solo for any point until the last three minutes when he shows up as a hologram and he's like, hey, everybody, I'm
2: Darth Maul or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> and, then he, and then he leaves and then the movie's over (laughs) Kenobi! I mean to be fair he's probably going to come back in Kenobi too maybe depending on uh, what setting they put Kenobi in but well they have to put it when
0: he's young right because Ewan McGregor is coming or at least semi young Ewan McGregor's getting old
2: if I'm not mistaken it's supposed to be the in between years after Order 66 and before he turns into Eleganess
0: right so So he's going to have
2: that that touch of grey in his beard probably just doing whatever he did on tatooine
1: so for so 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 those <laughs> those who don't know and me they're making a standalone kenobi movie
2: uh series tv series uh, yeah oh, TV. tv series It's
0: gonna be pretty much exactly like mandalorian mm, okay uh,
2: but from what i understand this is going to be um only one season they're just they don't have like they're not going to make it a continuous series they're going to do it's a one and done we're telling our story and then we're done um but obviously I, I, kenobi is my favorite character in star wars so i was super excited to see that that was happening uh, i'm just not excited that kathleen kennedy is in charge of star wars
0: <laughs> no i don't think anybody is
2: should be john Favreau or uh dave filioli
0: dave, dave, yeah he's i mean i think that's kind of where they're gonna head with this um after seeing how successful mandalorian was and how not successful Rise of Skywalker, i mean like think about how crazy that is to not See a Star Wars movie, like Chris. I'm sure you saw, even when if the prequels were bad or people were telling you that were bad. I'm sure you saw all of those movies. So it's yeah. crazy to me that we live in a world where you, people just don't see Star Wars anymore. Like it's the biggest movie series of all time, and people are like, I don't want to see that.
2: Yeah. Like, how do you mess that up? <laughs> yeah. Are- uh i'll tell you how and it's three different directors with three different visions (laughs) and then one didn't one of the it was originally three different directors and then one of them dropped out and jj picked up scraps isn't that how it works originally yeah it was
0: so it was it was supposed to be jj and then it was ryan johnson and then it was supposed to be colin trevorrow who did the um the jurassic world series Mm. which i i think are better movies than people give them credit for they're not seen <laughs> they're not phenomenal but they're you know they're fine uh and then i Connor,
2: guess we're you... quick I, I distinctly remember you saying something about jurassic world 2 would you mind repeating that just for the camera oh uh, jurassic... a trailer uh that was in it um and uh don't forget this chris chris chris, which, chris pratt uh he does something in that trailer that made you really angry and i just would like you to uh, bring that up if you could, real quick. The
0: fucking pyroclastic
2: flow <laughs> made me so angry. Okay, <laughs> survives a pyroclastic. <laughs> we should. I shouldn't have brought this
0: up because it's the whole thing. <laughs> now I'm getting angry again. No, it, it it's the same thing in the movie too. But basically, what happens in the trailer? The island is exploding for some reason. I don't remember why. It's blowing up, <laughs> but. The, oh, it's the volcano, Doug. it's a pyroclastic flow. The volcano erupts, um, and then basically what happens is that as Bryce Dallas Howard's character and Chris Pratt are running away, she's in, like, this protective ball thing, and he's running behind her, but obviously he's not faster than a fucking volcano. So he gets caught up in the the smoke and the dust, which is called a pyroclastic flow, and him being he should die immediately yeah,
2: that shit is like you die in your lungs you're dead immediately. yeah that it's, shit is like so... three
0: thousand degrees like not yeah. ju- not the lava just the smoke that comes from it that man is dead but then he like even though he gets sucked up he jumps off the cliff and saves her and i was watching this and i was just like what the fuck
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because
0: i actually think that movie's great but uh but yeah, that scene, oh my God.
2: When that trailer came out, you just kept saying it. I was like, I just really want that to be on the podcast because it made me so happy. You're like, a classic blaster flower, you know, whatever. It just made me happy every time you said it. But so, and was he the same director as who would have directed Star Wars 9? He, yeah, so he, okay. actually,
0: you know, it's funny. He didn't do the second one. It was somebody else. Um, oh, okay. And the second one is way better too. Uh, That's <laughs> the that one that we were just talking about, even though I'm just bitched about it for a minute and a half. But he, Colin Trevorrow, who did the first one, was supposed to direct Star Wars 9. And then I guess he didn't get in line or something happened. I don't know. But he got fired. And then after the tremendous success of The Last Jedi, um, that was sarcastic, by the way. <laughs> but they brought in J.J. Abrams to sort of finish it up as quickly as possible. And if you yeah. watch that movie, it feels like, like they are just sprinting towards the finish line of Star Wars. They're like, all right, let's get this shit over with. Yeah no one wanted to be and now we know that no one wanted to be there like daisy ridley was pissed john boyega was pissed
2: john boyega was so mad that he got sidelined and stuff like that like they made it such a big deal that he was going to be a main character and then sidelined his ass they did nothing Uh, with him
0: his his arc was completed in the first movie and then they did nothing with him
2: yeah and they could have killed him in the second one when he tried to do it and they made the worst character in star wars and oh, that's yeah. comparing it to jar jar binks
0: <laughs> that poor i feel so bad for that girl because she got like
2: oh yeah rose whatever the hell yeah rose
0: Is it rose no it's it rose tico yeah yeah um she i don't i can't remember the actress's name but she got uh kelly marie tran i do remember yeah her. um but she got bullied off of the internet because people were like being so awful to her on twitter
2: the same thing happened to uh, Ahmed Best, who played uh, Jar Jar Binks in the prequels, and uh, it's just terrible that people are just that awful. I think the yeah. the Wars Pro- fans are just bad people.
0: Yeah, they are. yeah we're 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 not good people when, <laughs> when
2: it comes to trying to talk rationally about stuff. Yeah, it wasn't what I wanted.
0: <laughs> like she didn't write that terrible movie. Like she just got a part and acted in it. It's not that big a deal.
2: Yeah. Did you, uh, speaking of, uh, Ahmed Best and kind of bringing in the trilogies, did you see that Liam Neeson recently came out and said that, uh, honestly, if it wasn't for how piss poor Jar Jar Binks was written, he thought Ahmed Best would have been the next Will Smith. Uh, he said that he was one of the funniest guys he's ever worked with his entire career, uh, and he said it really, if it wasn't for the poor reception of Jar Jar and how that happened, um, he thinks that he would have been the next, uh, will smith
0: jar jar is funny because i he never really annoyed me and that might be like the child childhood nostalgia that plays a factor in that but i never really thought he was that annoying (laughs) and and, yeah maybe it's just my dumb kid brain being (laughs) excited that he was making crazy noises
2: he made a poop joke (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: he said doo-doo oh man i i'm I'm impartial though i love phantom menace Um. All right. Yeah. Do you guys want to move on to the next topic? Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, sure. What do you have in mind?
0: (laughs) Chris is so
2: excited. He's like, (laughs) "Yes, I don't know enough about Star Wars." Wars.
1: Yeah, I'm just sitting here like, I, I I don't know. I don't know the directors. I don't know the actors. I don't know. He's like, "Why (laughs) am I here?
2: Why am I? Come on, I could be sleeping right now." It's like this
0: is my podcast, and we're not even.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Joe, did I did I tell you I was sleeping like right before this?
2: Yeah, it's all uh, groggy, (laughs) 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 taking a nap. I haven't even eaten um, yet because I've been driving cars all day.
0: So I guess we can if you do you guys want to talk about the Bethesda thing? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So uh basically for everybody who doesn't know, um Bethesda has been acquired by Microsoft with uh very mixed feelings uh throughout the internet about it. Um <laughs> I think a lot of people are excited because I think Bethesda's games are now only gonna get better. Um yeah all of their games run on engines that are like 20 years old and they're always glitchy and they never learn their lesson every single time they put out a game. <laughs> but I think that'll, and, and there was an article about how their, their engines are going
2: to be upgraded now, but I mm-hmm. think what people Microsoft are, said that like y'all get the upgrade.
0: <laughs> right, right. Which they desperately need. But I think people are also worried that Bethesda will make these games console exclusives. Um, so like if a new elder scrolls comes out or a new fallout comes out or whatever other games they make. Uh, if any of those come out, then they will be console console locked to the to the new Xbox. Um, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case, but what are does you, your guys sort of take on them acquiring that? Do you think it's a good thing or do you think it's a bad thing? Yeah. Chris, how do you feel about that?
1: I think it's a, a good thing. Um, I think it would be a very bad move if they limited it, like with the consoles, because uh, that'll just piss people off and then uh, – that's not good for your product at all when the internet's mad at you. Uh, but I think, uh, I don't know. I think it'll be all right. I think it's interesting when you have like different people in charge. Like we were just talking about it with Star Wars, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know how Microsoft owning them will necessarily affect the games. Um, it, it, Cause like he's, it, it could be pretty significant. Like you could, buy the new fallout and be like this is not like this doesn't even feel like a bethesda game anymore
1: yeah but it depends on is
2: that even a bad thing at this point like (laughs) have you played fallout 4 have you played fallout 4 no i didn't like it at all
1: (laughs) has there been any anything put out by microsoft like how hands-off they're gonna be with it or
2: Uh, a little bit actually I'm I'm, i'm keep up to date uh with the technology or with the the xbox side of stuff um but uh so they came out and said that uh, exclusivity is going to be on a case-by-case basis. Uh, they said that um, basically each game they're going to do it. They already have uh, what Deathloop and some other Bethesda game are going to be PlayStation 5 timed exclusives. And because they're not going to break their contract and they have to pay a bajillion dollars to their competitor, uh, they're going to keep those as timed exclusives um, for PS5 and then eventually they'll come to the Series X uh but they said um of course all the bethesda games are getting added to game pass which is pretty cool um case-by-case basis and uh starfield their new ip that's going to be the the space rpg they they've said so far that's going to be the first xbox exclusive bethesda game it's going to be that's not coming out till probably 2021 2020 starfield is never
0: coming out it <laughs> was yeah. in development for at least 18 years
2: yeah uh, they So far, uh, they've only said that one is going to be Xbox exclusive. Uh, they said um, case-by-case basis. It sounds a lot like the old IPs are still going to be um, available to both consoles as well as PC. Um, and Starfield is probably going to be Xbox. And at this point, Xbox and PC exclusive because uh, Xbox uh, basically say any Xbox exclusive is also going to be a PC game because they're trying to create that connected uh, universe.
0: Yeah, I don't know if – um, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with stuff like Elder Scrolls. My gut feeling is that it will be on both. I think that would be very st- stupid of them to limit that to one console because that's not – it's not like an IP where Sony or Microsoft own it exclusively like Spider-Man. Um, and to me, putting Spider-Man on the PS4 only kind of makes sense just because people bought – way more ps4s than they did xbox ones anyway so you're not really going to lose that much money and you can kind of maintain your products as exclusivity to sell more consoles in the future but with something like elder scrolls i think that's kind of they see that there's a pretty even 50 50 split on that Mm. um especially with how things are going with the pre-orders right now where both of the pre-orders for xbox and playstation are gone
2: yeah they all
0: sold out yeah they all sold out so that tells me that you know and i don't know how many each company is going to put into production but that tells me that at least those whatever's out right now are gone so you have all of these potential customers so i would keep that one same thing with fallout i would keep that um to both consoles for sure
2: i think what they might end up doing is the they could potentially do a timed exclusive uh kind of maybe give Sony a taste of their own medicine because uh, they've been doing that with a lot of games recently where they're trying to, oh, it's available to both, but we're going to get it first. And I, I think that they right. have the opportunity to do that. Um, and I also think that what they might end up doing and uh, might be a good idea is make it regular. It's available to both, um, but make the Obsidian Bethesda games like the New Vegas style game. Uh, they could potentially make that uh, uh, console exclusive. So they can make the the Fallout side story, uh, potentially an Xbox exclusive, and that might be a good way to do it where they won't cause too much rage. They already own Obsidian, and now they own Bethesda as well, so they have the studios that are able to make those games, and Obsidian has already shown they made like Outer Worlds, and uh, they're working on... What's the, the... There's a new one they're working on, too. They're, oh, yeah. they're uh, working on Obsidian Elder Scrolls. I can't yeah. think of the... Uh, and it's weird to say because Elder Scrolls 4 is Obsidian. Right? No, uh, I think they're, they're all...
0: They're all Bethesda, I'm pretty sure. Morrowind, and I don't know. There's magic and swords and dragons and shit.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. Skyrim's... You get to buy a Skyrim every month for the rest of your life. Sure do. Um, So, Uh, yeah, I
0: I think that's probably the... Microsoft's been doing this for months now where they've been buying up a bunch of smaller studios because I don't think they want to make the same mistake they did with the Xbox One where it had two exclusives. Yeah. I mean, the exclusives for the Xbox last gen, or I guess... Still current gen, but about to be last gen. Were terrible. Yeah, um, they were great. And PlayStation mopped the floor with them. And and they they're not gonna you know they're not gonna make that same mistake again.
2: I will say, uh, as much as I love uh, I love Xbox, uh, and I uh, I love that I might be able to have the Bethesda games because even though they're buggy pieces of crap, I still love Bethesda games. Uh, they let me mod their games, and I can build a game however I want. I can have Thomas the Tank Engine be a dragon if I want, and that's amazing uh or i can have macho man randy savage be a deathclaw and like uh the the, kind of the modding feel is great and i love that bethesda is able to do that so bugs and all i still love their games uh and uh, i will say that the implications of buying bethesda kind of scare me a little bit um there's actually some rumors going on right now that uh, microsoft might be purchasing sega um they might uh be able to get um the rights to you know sonic and stuff like that now too and i i'm a really afraid oh, that you guys
0: IP in 2020 yeah <laughs> you know, right enough of sonic
2: uh but the um, i can't think of but they like got street fighter I'm, I'm not a huge yeah. sega person but i know that there's a pretty big brand
0: they have tons of stuff yeah
2: uh but i'm afraid that it's going to start causing uh this competition between uh sony microsoft and maybe nintendo of starting to buy all these smaller gaming companies i mean they spent more money than disney bought star wars for to buy bethesda and i love bethesda bethesda is not worth more than star wars
1: there's more than bethesda though it's also ZeniMax, i think in that transaction
2: that's true too but it's just crazy to me that they're doing that and i'm really afraid of uh all these smaller like Uh, I love CD Projekt Red. They're one of my favorite game developers with like The Witcher and uh, now Cyberpunk coming out pretty soon here. And I'd be so afraid if they get purchased by Sony or Xbox, whichever one, and suddenly I can't play this game or it's a timed exclusive that I've been waiting for for years. Their games are really, really quality games and I hope that they can stay independent and keep releasing it on both. And I'm just afraid that Bethesda's move for, or microsoft's move for bethesda might cause a bidding war that could make the console wars even worse instead of bringing them together like i think they should be where there should be so much more cross gens games and cross play and stuff like that and i think that it's a step in the right direction for microsoft in potentially winning a console war but it's in the wrong step of stopping console wars from being a thing
0: well this has been going on for years i mean they've the The idea of, like, buying up a company and then having it under the Sony or Microsoft umbrella is is not really a, a new thing, I don't think. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And I think they're going to make the decisions that will make them the most money. And right. for, for games that aren't specifically Microsoft branded, like Microsoft Head Studios branded or or Sony, I don't know, it's called, like, Sony Productions. I don't remember what they're yeah. But games that aren't under that are still going to come out on both platforms i can almost guarantee you that so like i know double fine was purchased by um microsoft and insomniac was purchased by sony and Mm -hmm. a lot of those are still coming out for both so unless if it's like a specific like you know like god of war miles morales um horizon zero dawn which isn't exclusive that's coming to pc Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's a bad example but (laughs) though unless it's those games they're all going to be coming out for different platforms i think
2: right right buy a computer Uh, is
0: what i'm telling you
2: (laughs) yeah right for real but uh yeah i I definitely uh agree a lot of like uh, my buddy who's a pretty big uh sony fanboy he said uh he's like don't forget that um sony bought uh what he bought they bought the rights for spider-man when the mcu was like about to die out they like the they're a big reason that the mcu exists is because they gave marvel all this money for the rights to spider-man which in essence, created the MCU, and uh, same with what well, was it? Insomniac that made what was the Xbox exclusive game Sunset Overdrive? Wasn't that Insomniac? Or, that was
0: Insomniac, too. Yeah, so they uh, like they
2: started off with an Xbox exclusive, and then uh, they I think the company was about to go under, and Sony bought out Insomniac, who now is creating these amazing Spider Man games and stuff like that. He's like, he's like, don't forget, like, it's not like they just bought them out because. Uh, they wanted the exclusivity. They bought them out because they made quality games, and they they basically saved their studio uh, and uh, stuff like that. So it's like you gotta take into account that the yeah. big big studios buying the smaller ones can kind of help make them be able to keep making their games. But then there's like people like Bethesda, who I don't think like I don't think that they were struggling at all. Granted, they might have not been making the highest quality game, but. It didn't really matter because people loved the Fallout and the the Elder Scrolls series so much that they were going to buy it regardless. Uh, so I, I, that's where I think that my big fear is, like, when you buy, buy out a small company that's about to die, okay, that's not that big of a deal. Congratulations, you got an exclusive indie game. Uh, but it's when you start buying out these big companies that are already doing fine, and now they're doing fine, but under you, I think that it, it's just... I hope that it doesn't end up causing a big bidding war and I'm just a crazy person, but I just, I can kind of see Sony and Microsoft kind of getting into this. Uh, it sets a it sets a precedent.
0: I think it definitely sets a precedent. I would, I would agree with you on that. That's an interesting comparison. He, he said, cause it, like, I kind of agree and I kind of don't like Marvel, Marvel basically sold a bunch of their stuff in the nineties cause they had nothing. They had like a crappy Captain America TV show and, a crappy fantastic four show and no one gave a fuck about comic books anymore so they You're sold right. off a bunch of their stuff like you know fantastic four and x-men to fox and uh spider-man to marvel and then or uh, to sony excuse me. and then that. sony makes this awesome movie with toby mcguire and then that sort of begins the superhero gold rush mm-hmm. so it, in a way i guess i see what he's saying like that movie eventually created the mcu but it, yeah I, I couldn't tell if you were saying like they purchased it during the mcu time or they got it beforehand because so i was like no, no Before, sony- beforehand
2: so he's, he's he's basically saying that that money from uh sony buying spider man helped kickstart the mcu is basically what he was saying gotcha, he said okay. without that purchase they were probably going to go under and we'd have no mcu Right, so he was yeah. trying to... Marvel
0: Studios wouldn't have, yeah. I mean, that 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 makes sense. That definitely makes sense.
2: Yeah, he he but, wasn't trying to say, like, Toby's connected, although apparently he might be with uh, Dr. Strange 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, he'll be in
0: there it, to, to some capacity, and I'm sure in Spider-Verse we'll get a cameo from him and Japanese Spider-Man and <laughs> everybody else who's ever been in a comic, um, <laughs> even however obscure that version of Spider-Man was. But I mean, I'd be I'd be curious to see because Chris, you said you were gonna buy a PS5 originally, right? Or, or like you were leaning towards that. How do you feel now that some of those games are gonna be also on the PS4, and uh, like like where where do you stand now on that?
1: Uh, I'm still leaning leaning towards PS5. Um, I don't think it's it's probably not gonna change um, because I still want the Miles Morales and then some of the other exclusives. Uh, And I also, again, don't, or not again, (laughs) because this is the first (laughs) podcast, Uh, but I was talking to you guys earlier about, um, I don't really care to upgrade right now, the Xbox as much, um, because an upgrade from nothing to a PS5 is better than my current Xbox to the new Xbox. Um, So now I'll be able to play some of the exclusives on, like, I've never touched a God of War game, and, and now I can do that. So
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a totally valid point. Um, in, in that capacity, I'd almost say just buy a PlayStation 4. Uh, you'd be able to get it for a lot cheaper, probably come with a lot of the games, uh, like, at that point. Uh, if you don't really care about being in the new generation, like he was saying, all the new exclusives and the old exclusives are on the 4, so there's almost no point in getting a 5 right now.
1: I think I want to get the 5 for longevity, like longevity's sake. it is future for
2: sure and that totally makes
1: sense i'll stay in the last gen or current gen with the xbox (laughs) for now
0: because part of me was like if i'm not gonna buy this ps5 what i could do is um i could purchase a ps4 pro for about the same amount of money as my ps4 so i could just sell the ps4 and then upgrade like that so it's you know a slight upgrade but i wouldn't necessarily need to drop 500 bucks on this new console to play spider-man um and that was a big thing i i think that was a terrible move on sony's part i have no idea why they decided to make all these games backwards compatible because i guarantee you there's so many people who are like well fuck it i'm not gonna spend my hard-earned money on this new thing when i can play a slightly downgraded version on the console i already have for free and it's cheaper the game is only 50 bucks on ps4
2: so it's interesting what they've been saying. Where if you buy it on the PS5, you get it on the four for free. But if you buy it on the four, you have to buy it again for the five. Is that what I, somebody understands what they've been saying?
0: Other way around. Um, is it okay? Yeah, yeah. So if you buy it on five, you can't play it on four. But if you buy it on four, and then eventually upgrade, you can you get it for free. Uh, but okay. the one thing you don't get is that if you buy the PS5 version, the seventy-dollar version, you get a remastered version of the original. Spider-Man game.
2: Spider-Man 4, yeah. Spider-Man, yeah. So or Spider-Man 4. And then
0: they, uh, <laughs> God, I wish Spider-Man 4. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's like your upgrade path to that. So, I mean, either way, I think my brother's probably going to get a PS5 because he he was kind of <laughs> that same mindset as you, Chris. He was like, I don't have, he's like, I you know, I have a pretty good Xbox, but I don't have anything Sony. So it kind of makes more sense to go PS5
1: i also have really bad impulse control so i guarantee within like the first six months i have both <laughs>
2: that's fair i was yeah. lucky enough to be one of those uh, people that got the amazon pre-order before the website crashed uh for the xbox series x and like i think both of you guys if i'm not mistaken you have the one x if i'm not mistaken right
0: yeah Yeah, i do i don't know if chris does yeah that's, See, that's I- the one i have
2: I'm okay. still rocking the OG Xbox. No no extra letters added to it. Um, just straight up the Xbox One. <laughs> and a so giant for, black, like, yeah. Yeah, so for me, upgrading from the Xbox One to the Series X is a huge upgrade. Like, I'm basically just uh, getting the... I'm getting a 4K TV. I'm getting to be able to play in 120 uh, or 4K or uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Like, I'm basically being able to play all my games in a higher graphical sense. So for me, my upgrade is just getting uh, the graphical upgrade um, as well as eventually the new games when they start coming out and all the exclusives uh, once they stop supporting the old generation. Uh, and I already have a PlayStation 4, and much like Chris, I'm probably going to end up with both eventually. Uh, but I will definitely at least buy, like, Miles Morales uh, and the Horizon Zero Dawn uh dlc um for the four because i love those games and much like you chris i i actually bought a playstation 4 that is my exclusive machine it's it's played exclusively horizon uncharted and fall guys uh, and god of war uh so that like and spider-man yeah <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, I have, uh, I've used it as an exclusive machine, but I personally, I don't like the, the UI in it as much. The user interface is not, it's kind of clunky. It's got the live background, which I like, uh, and uh, Series X is actually getting that live background like it has. But uh, just for me personally, I like the, the, um, the user interface on the Xbox. I think it's much more uh, sleek.
0: I do not like the new series X look. (laughs) I'll say that much. I think, I mean, neither of them look amazing, but that one in particular, is just like the way that I don't know if everybody can see kind of like that, but my consoles are literally just sitting on top of my dresser and they're about half a centimeter away from blocking the TV. So if I get that new Xbox or that new PS five, it's going to obstruct like a pretty large amount of that, uh, tv space which is annoying um
2: oh yeah and i, I wasn't even I, I wasn't even considering the router and mini fridge half i'm just talking about the actual like the the home screens and this going to the store and stuff like that the, the interface yes. oh yeah no i just i had a separate independent okay thought from <laughs> okay I, I just thought you i thought you misunderstood user interface as the mini fridge versus the router i was like i don't they're no, both no, no. stupid <laughs> I, I was just i was just
0: thinking about the faults of consoles in general and then it got me thinking about <laughs> it got me thinking about how stupid the the physical models look Um, yeah
2: mine's gonna be um, i have to get a mounted tv and i have no idea where i'm gonna keep my console
0: (laughs) one of the funniest things that i saw from these ads and i think i told i can't remember if i told both of you about this but like when they announced the um xbox series s and how small it was before the series x has even come out they're like look at this big piece of shit and look how much smaller the series s is i'm like I don't know if you want a dog on your console that isn't even out yet. Like, that just seems yeah. so strange to me. Like, if you're going to – usually when you do that, it's when you have, like, the Xbox Series X2 version 2 of it, and you're right. like, wow, look how big and giant that uh, Series X version 1 was. Like, oh, my God, this is so much – that for, fuck that thing. That thing's huge. But, like, I don't know why you would do that when you were comparing a weaker version of your console to a console that isn't out yet. Like, yeah. made no sense to me at all.
2: I think they want to push people towards getting the digital versions. Like, both consoles came out with that. And I think that – I think both companies would prefer to go digital and take out third-party retailers because then they can kind of control the market a little better.
0: Well, they make so much more money. Yeah, Yeah, like, they they get – I'm sure they get money when you buy it
2: off the store and stuff like that, right? Like, if I buy it from the Microsoft or the PlayStation store, I'm sure Sony and Microsoft get a little uh, something-something from that
0: that's pure profit i mean besides like the game companies who developed it unless it's first party then it is pure profit but you don't have to pay for your games to be in a physical store you don't have to pay for games to have like a a physical like the disc in the box even though they're not that expensive it adds up right and you don't lose money entirely from people buying used games because my you know that's all I'm gonna say GameStop in this instance. That's all GameStop's money when you buy a used game. They get a hundred percent of that.
2: Yeah. So
0: it's you know, it makes sense to me that even though the they're gonna they're gonna, you know, both companies are gonna take a huge loss on the digital version. It's like the mm-hmm. the amount of power that's in both of those consoles is insane and they're selling it for uh, three hundred and four hundred dollars respectively you can't class.
2: you can't get those kind of powers in a pc without spending like one or two thousand dollars on their exactly exactly Four hundred
0: bucks <laughs> because they know that even though they're going to take a hit on that and consoles never make money anyway but they're going to take a hit on that but then you're going to buy all digital games and they're going to make all that back it's a it's a long play it's the long con it's mm-hmm. uh it's,
1: it's called a loss leader so the console is the loss leader so they'll take a loss on the console but they'll make the money back on the games in the digital store.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
2: So I think that's why both of them like, – That's the color term I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think both companies would prefer that everyone buys the, the digital one because that's where their money's going to come from. Yeah. Uh, both companies have – like Xbox has the Game Pass and uh, PlayStation has – playstation now yeah
0: that's the that's the equivalent that's their and version drives of it. Don't, they don't cost a hundred dollars like yeah like, oh, the only thing it doesn't have is a disc drive i'm like yeah that's true but you're selling it for so low because you want people that yeah
2: because you yeah because you want the uh, you know people to give you more money like more money directly to your pocket yeah uh, it's, exactly. it's, like i said like we uh, said earlier uh, talking about the bethesda thing it, at the end of the day it's about making profit it's a business and uh Doing the the lost leader as our uh big brain boy over here said uh what that i think is a big business move not a gamer move
0: <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to figure out this pointing thing because <laughs> you went you went this way and he for me he's over here
1: <laughs> well for me connor you're just on the bottom so you're pointing to the black
0: voice. yeah you're that on the bottom raddest. for me too you're, you're here <laughs> oh, i'm just pointing nothing yeah, yeah
2: over there um, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm gonna start doing. I'm gonna start just pointing it every direction. Chris is one of these directions.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do like a loop de loop for trying to get everybody involved. Uh, so, Chris, what do you? Which one do you think you're gonna get? Are you gonna? You know, do you still play? Do you still buy physical games, or do you? Uh, do you go all digital now?
1: I usually go all digital. The last physical game I bought was Civ Six, but that's because there was. A discount on the physical version i think like it was cheaper to go physical so that's what i did but i mean i i don't think i've taken it out of my xbox since so i don't really change like physical games that much because everything right. else i have is digital so but, it uh,
0: doesn't you, you, you hit
1: mean? it oh i'm sorry what are you doing oh no you
0: can, you can go oh no i was just saying you, you you hit an interesting point with the the physical discounts and that's one of the reasons I'm kind of scared for these consoles to go all digital is that if you're on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or whatever GameStop, um, and you see a game for five bucks, you can buy it, put it in the machine, it works fine. But eventually, you know, <laughs> Sony, yeah, exactly, Sony and uh, Microsoft will eventually be able to set the price. Ooh, so if you yeah. if there's no used game for you to get, it's just you have to either wait for a sale or pay sixty dollars for a Madden that came out three years ago. And to me, that's a little bit scary. Um, yeah,
2: I don't like yeah. the idea of them having total control like that. I'm I'm actually the exact same as uh, Chris. <laughs> uh, whichever <laughs> direction, uh, I'm the exact same as Chris. That um, I, I, I like uh, the one I pre- I pre-ordered the X. I wanted the more powerful console, uh, and I wanted the disc drive. Uh, but same thing as you, uh, I think I either have Madden or Sims 4 in there right now, and I haven't touched that thing in two months uh because the games that I play are all digital that I switch between um so uh, but I, I, as you said I'm I'm afraid of them setting the prices cuz I I bought let's say the one of the newer maddens or one of the older maddens for you know 5 10 bucks um and I couldn't do that on the marketplace In the marketplace it's still going for like 30 40 50 bucks or something like that and it's just ridiculous that they charge so much for something that's kind of become obsolete whereas like GameStop would say yeah man that thing is like a dollar now I don't give a shit about that game right and that's what they want Microsoft is like we don't we don't agree that that game's amazing that game is game of the year maybe I don't care it's 60 (laughs) dollars
1: Madden 08 was game of the year in
2: 2019 (laughs) (laughs) exactly 60 dollars
1: uh well I think GameStop can do like analytics on like what used games sell more whereas Microsoft can't, so they might have a little bit more No,
2: I wonder if, uh, I don't know if they'd be able to do this. I I, I doubt this would ever be a thing, but it'd be kind of cool, a cool way to do it, and maybe it's the way to put the final nail in the coffin of used game stores. But uh, I wonder if there'd be some sort of way to revoke your digital copy, and you could buy a, a used copy. I don't know if that's something they could ever do, uh, but that could be something that maybe comes way down the line where uh, you could... Like, let's say that you pre-ordered it and you got a pre-order bonus and you bought the game for 60 bucks or whatever and now it's sitting on your hard drive, you don't play it anymore. You could revoke your access for some store credit and someone could buy your version that you already had and um, maybe for less money, they just don't get the pre-order bonus or whatever that came with it when you pre-ordered it. So I wonder if that's something that the, the consoles could do in the future is make a digital use market which is biz- like I, that's a really bizarre thing to think about uh how the it could work or the implications of it but it is something i could see potentially happening what,
0: what you're describing is what gamestop needs to do to survive it yeah. needs to be, it needs to be either because that's uh, that's exactly what i think they should do that's that's totally that totally should be their business model going into the future but you can kind of do that with steam already on pc like you can exchange games with people and you can mm-hmm. earn rewards to buy new games and all this stuff so it's doing something like that with a third party developer or a third party just a, a company like gamestop i think is absolutely the way to go they need to either do that or gamestop needs to start its own service that's kind of like stadia except in instead of streaming games do you guys know what stadia is yeah no.
2: the failed google console
0: okay <laughs> well for chris then uh, uh google stadia is um it's it's basically a way to stream video games directly to anything in your house so if you have like a you know a tv laptop phone you can download this service and you don't download any of the actual games you just stream it and it was google's starter project that they called stadia and basically it failed spectacularly no one plays stadia um But something to me with the brand recognition of GameStop, I think that could absolutely work if you do it so that instead of streaming the games, you can just download them, keep them as long as you want, and then send them. So kind of like Game Pass, except there would be so much, so many more options. It would be, and I know there's, you know, there's a lot of licensing things that would come out of that that would be difficult, like people trying to take games off or put games on because Microsoft is now doing that too, but. I genuinely think what you described, Joey, and then also this idea of being able to download games from a cloud-based storage system is what GameStop needs to do.
2: Yeah, Uh, another thing, uh, I think maybe you had mentioned it to me maybe a year or so ago, um, and it wouldn't really work right now or maybe in the distant future due to COVID, but kind of once the, when and if the world gets back to normal, um, making their... Making their, uh, stores into, um, rather than a game selling store, make it into kind of like a, a hangout, like a bar or a restaurant where you could go in, you could play games, they could host tournaments, uh, you could buy food and they make it like a, a game-based restaurant. One of my favorite places, uh, I've been to was a board game restaurant, uh, that is, uh, local to me here. And it's basically where you can, uh, they have a board games lining the wall and you can pick whichever game you want. Uh, They'll even have, uh, they have a person who will, you can go up there and explain what kind of game you like, what you're looking for, how many people. And they'll be like, oh, that sounds like this game right here. Here you go. And you could drink, eat, have fun with your friends. And at the end, if you like the game enough, they have every one of the games that you can play available to buy as well. They're like, they're they're mainly a restaurant that also sells board games. And I think that GameStop could very easily switch to that model. And
0: yeah, like, like a d and b gamestop, basically
2: exactly, oh. yeah, like just where you go in uh you're you're eating they give you every table has a console at it with a couple of controllers uh hooked up by a cord or whatever, kind of like we used to play in the old Walmarts, you know, where they're up on the big screen, you could test out the demos and stuff, but have it where you can play a whole bunch of different games and uh play with your friends, you know, play Smash Bros on a switch, uh you know play halo uh with the boys, you know. All that kind of stuff, and then also have some food and stuff like that, just to create a different environment. And I think if they can't do the game console like Stadia, because Stadia obviously didn't work very well, and they can't do the revoking and trading games thing, I think that that might be a good way to go for them as well, to where they don't go unders, where they kind of turn into a lounge or a restaurant.
0: They started doing that with one of them. They put, they made it like it was one of the two-story Game Stops. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was in Brooklyn, or it was somewhere in New York and they turned the upstairs part into that lounge like there was chairs and there was sofas and a bunch of different game consoles uh which is kind of it's weird to me that GameStop sort of used to be that there were massive demo machines and like mm-hmm. you could go in and play a bunch of shit and that sort of went away but I think this, this idea of going to a place and and getting a, a second opinion from a smaller retailer is coming back at least for me that's what I always do I like to go into places and i like to learn about shit and i like to you know so what you're describing i think would be perfect for that kind of customer basically turn into a comic book shop
2: right right but just for like a different uh group of people like for me i love board games so the board game bar for me was great because i got to play because board games are expensive video games are expensive maybe you can't afford to buy these games but you can afford a meal and you can test some of these games out and maybe they have a dealer, hey, if you played this game and you bought a meal, you get a discount on the game. They won't lose that much profit because they got so much from the food, uh, and the stuff like that, where they can afford to give you a game and a meal and you get to walk out happy with your purchase, and they they get to walk out happy with your purchase as well. That I really think that um that could be a really good way in the future. What's no, to stop
1: think. people from just playing the demos in their living rooms? Like get the demo from uh the microsoft store or something like that
2: that's true too i mean uh, there's nothing stopping me from buying all those board games that they have as well but, no, but, no no
1: but you can't really test you can't really like do a trial run of a board game
2: i guess that's fair but you can't, I, I wasn't necessarily you in like, that
1: environment but yeah. with a video game you can
2: I well think in that case they, they wouldn't really have demos they would actually have physical consoles and the actual game that you can yeah, plug in right. and play um i was just using the demo as a just um comparison to i'm not sure if you guys remember the old walmart and targets that would have the yeah. tv up top and then you'd have the controller that you could play as a kid your parents buy groceries and you're playing games
1: what i'm saying is a lot of games have like those demo things that you can download it's like a locked version of the full game and you can just play that in your living room and test the game out you don't want I mean, to necessarily go to gamestop or a video game lounge
2: i just I think, think that it, would, it be, would be
0: now that most think, games are like live service i i think what you're moving to is games that don't really have demos but just games that you want to play with other people and i yeah. think that's where they would sort of shine with that like you get together and you host a halo tournament or you host a call of duty tournament or probably more likely now you host a Fortnite tournament
2: yeah well, gamestop
1: gamestop used to do that didn't they used to host like call of duty tournaments and all that stuff
2: mm-hmm. they did yeah they've kind of like i said they they, they really fell out of that. like i I would have thought that it like in my uh, youth, I would have thought that when eSports kind of became a thing, I would have thought GameStop would have been at the forefront of eSports, but really they kind of said, I don't want to do that. It sounds lame. No one's going to like that. No, so eSports actually got, kind of popular. Yeah. yeah. No, they, they, eSports they, kind of picked up.
0: They haven't really done any innovations on that front. And go in, I don't know if you guys have even been into a GameStop recently, but go into any GameStop now and it looks like a toy store. It's, it's, it's funko pops it's t-shirts it's action figures it's it's cards
2: um I think the last gamestop i went into was the one that was so bright that it, like kills you like that most of their oh, yeah. money goes towards their electric bill because you can't see a damn thing in there there's I think at least was the last GameStop I was
0: <laughs> yeah like the overhead lights that are oh my <laughs> god i hate that gamestop but the one the one near my house now the game it's funny how they're they're pushing the toys towards the front and the games are slowly going towards the back Mm -hmm. like the xbox games because the guy i I asked the guy i was like why are they all the way in the back he's like nobody buys the xbox games um Hmm. he's like you know no one has that console really uh or or a lot way fewer people have that console he said and he's like yeah we were told by uh corporate to push those all the way to the back and push the stuff that sells well to the front which is ps4 switch and toys (laughs) i was like oh that's Kind of interesting. an interesting way to look at it, but I, I definitely, what you were describing with the um, the lounge, that and their online, uh, their online presence are are the two ways that they're gonna make it out of this alive.
2: And they could even do that hand in hand, like they could have their service be what's at every table. You know, uh, yeah. they have their whatever their gamestop station console whatever the hell i end up calling it at every table so you can play it and be like hey if you're interested in this service it's available you know
0: yeah and once covid's over i think that's a great idea um but chris what what time are we at for the podcast
1: uh like an hour and four minutes
0: or something um okay yeah do you guys want to call it quits for tonight and we'll
2: I'll say we have a couple of like maybe the first five, we have probably about five or 10 minutes where we're probably going to end up cutting it. So if we're trying to stick to an hour, we might have enough time for,
1: no, we're at, we're at, if you, if you take away the first eight minutes, like oh, that, an hour, that is really, an hour yeah. and five, four or five minutes ago is when Connor started.
2: Okay.
0: Okay, yeah. cool. Well, then yeah, we can, we can call it quits for 9 Everybody They're cool with that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, check back next week. We'll, we'll try and, uh, upload these on a pretty regular schedule. I think there's going to be, um, maybe a little bit of time before this one comes out. We're still trying to get the YouTube page set up. We're trying to get the, uh, social media set up. I'm going to try and see if I can get this on Spotify and Google play and that kind of stuff. If you're, if you listen to media leftovers, you know, that was a promise I made for four times and then I never did it. Uh, but but I'm going to be trying to try to be a little bit better this time. And, uh, Make sure we get it out so that everybody can listen in the way that they prefer. But, uh, all right. Yeah. Once again, I want to thank Chris and Joey for being here with me tonight and, uh, yeah. Stay tuned for next time. Bye guys.
1: Bye